You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> hey guys, producer Darren here. Have you heard? Cindy Stewart has a new book. It's called New Moves of God. This book will open your spiritual eyes to see what God is doing so you can position yourself to be part of one of the most significant invasions of world culture in kingdom history. It will empower you to step into God's moves as he releases new anointings and new assignments that will far surpass your wildest imaginations. If you're a listener of her podcast, I'm sure that caught your attention. You can get your hands on that book right now. Just visit cindy-stewart.com or check out the link in the description or show notes. Again, that's cindy-stewart.com. Cindy Stewart podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Okay, so this morning we're going to talk about preparing for an increase, and uh, I'm excited to talk about this. Originally, when I started thinking about it, or that was part of what God had given me for my sabbatical while I was gone about how there's going to be an increase uh, in the finances for the body of Christ. So we're talking about money today. That's what we're talking about. So everybody say money. Okay. So a lot of times people don't like to talk about money, but we shouldn't. We shouldn't stutter about talking about money because God talks about money from the beginning to the end. And right now, we understand that the currency that, of the world we live in is finances. Everybody understand that? Okay. If not, we'll do a little economics lesson for a minute. Because it is. The currency of the, of, of the area that we live in, the world that we live in, is finances. Everything we do, we pay for. Uh, it's very, it's not, we're not really a barter system like there used to be. We're uh, currency exchange. So we're going to talk about finances. So what I, what I really want to talk about is, are you prepared for increase? Are you prepared for increase? Yeah. Chuck is. Chuck is. <laughs> you know, we, we've heard for many years, and it's something that's being talked about uh, right now, is that there's going to be a wealth transfer. And if there's going to be a wealth transfer, then you have to be prepared to handle what's going to be transferred to you. And if you're not prepared, then you probably will not receive or be able to contain what is given. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So yay, yay. So how do we prepare? How do we prepare? We're going to talk about how to prepare. We're going to talk about things that the gathering is going to offer to help you prepare. Uh, and if you think about transference of wealth, it happened all through the word. It happened with uh, Abraham and Abimelech. You know, when, when Abimelech was holding Sarah captive and Abraham lied to him about who he was the Lord came to Abimelech in a dream. So Abimelech released Sarah, admonished Abraham, but also gave him 
an abundance. And it's interesting because Abraham already had an abundance. He just got more. And we know we're going to look at this scripture later, but we know that, you know, when you have more will be added to you. And we'll, we'll look at that scripture in a little bit. So the, the abundance, the shift of wealth is not anti-biblical. As Christians, we've been confused about money and God. Now, I know none of us are, right? But it has been such a struggle in the body of Christ because we went through a whole 20, 30, 50 years of Money is evil. So if you have money, you must be evil. So Christians couldn't have money because it made us evil. But that's not actually true because God provided through the word. If you read his word, abundance for his people. From the time of Abraham, from the time of Noah, all the way through, God has provided Adam and Eve. They had abundance. So God has provided our ability, Deuteronomy 8.18 says that we actually have the ability to create wealth. And wealth has to be defined within the realm of our ability to steward it. Because if everyone in here received $25 billion today, the stewardship of that may be a challenge. Because we haven't necessarily prepared for that level of income. And one of the things I want to talk about is how do we get prepared for the next level of finances that God has for us? And part of it is to look at where our finances are now to figure out where we are in order for us to go forward. Yep. I need somebody to agree with me. Honey, I got Matt. Matt's going to go with me on this. So. The other thing uh, that we talk about in this wealth transfer is we, we have to understand a couple of other things. You know, uh, Noah, will you put that slide up about the, um, now this is going to be good news. So I want you to cheer when I share this with you, the, the research slide. Okay. So we, we have to understand that we're in a season of harvest, Right. If we're in a season of harvest, that means that there are people coming into the kingdom, which means with that should come financial uh, flowing into the kingdom. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But this slide was uh, from 2022 Barna Research. They're very reliable. They're very credible. And they said that the people are hungry for God. The Gen Zers, okay, who, who are 13 to 20, 73% of them want to grow spiritually. Now, that's shocking, isn't it? Because we're told that nobody wants to know anything about God. That is the narrative that we're being told, that nobody's interested that God is a thing of the past, not a thing of the future. That culture has no interest in it. But it says that, um, it says that what happened, that since the pandemic, it has increased because people are looking for meaning. They're looking for direction and they're looking for God. Amen. 
So, okay, let's just look at it. So, look at those numbers. Gen X, Gen Zers, 73%. Millennials, 77. Gen X, 77. Boomers, 72. Would like to grow spiritually. Uh, do they think a spiritual supernatural dimension exists? 83, 83, 82, 79. Now, why they think that is a different question. But that when, when you begin to get open to a supernatural dimension, then you're going to meet a supernatural God, right? And those who believe in a God or a higher power, they know there's something more out there. 77, 76, 77, 79. I mean, when you think about that, those are astronomical numbers. We would think that that would maybe in the 20% range. But what they're saying is three out of four are looking for God. They're looking for spirituality. They're looking for hope. They're looking for something that is supernatural beyond themselves. And they believe, not only are they looking, but they actually believe something like that, like God actually exists. Now that should put a fire inside of us. That should transform the way we're even thinking because what we're doing is we're taking out the lie and the cultural brainwashing that has been done. We're taking that out and replacing it with some actual stats that someone took the trouble to make. Okay. And this is one other little thing because we took some time the other week to pray for the kids. So it says Gen Z's 13 to 20 years old. He said, in the survey, it says some of the greatest signs of hope for the church come from our recent study. One of the, uh, our largest one to date of teens around the world, including the U.S., indicating that young people may be fueling this rise in spiritual hunger. Overwhelmingly, Christian teens today say that Jesus still matters to them. 76% say Jesus speaks to me in a way that is relevant to my life. I mean, think about that. That's just a praise God right there. I mean, that is a praise right there. And my point in sharing this is because it, it will affect the kingdom finances. So when we think about the wealth transfer, People think you're going to get a check in the mail for a million dollars and you're going to be set to go. That is not actually how the wealth transfer is going to happen. It's just not going to happen that way. It doesn't mean that it's impossible. But what happens is when there begins to be a, and we've talked about this, this sovereign move of God along with this uh, shift in season where people are hungering for God. There's new assignments, all these different things. What happens is our priorities begin to align with what God is doing. And it shifts companies because if I've got 70%, let's, you know, our Gen Zers are probably not going to be our business owners, but our millennials, our Gen Xers and our boomers are going to be. And I, if I've got a shift toward God, that means there's going to be a shift in the way businesses are run. There's going to be a shift in the way, uh, um, what do you call those things? Uh, supporting socially economic type programs. There'll be an entire shift. And let me just share this with you. And I've shared this a couple of times over the probably uh, last year. But let me just, just share this because I want to put a perspective on this because this is going to help us understand 
where we are financially and where God wants to take us financially. Because we got to understand the big picture before we can drill it down to us. We got to have the macro of it. So practicing Christians, we're going to talk a little bit about giving. Practicing Christians, two in five practicing Christians tithe. So out of five, two tithe. Um, Christians in general, whether they practice or not, it says about 21% of them give some kind of tithe. I actually give 10% or more. So in the bigger perspective of what's happening, we as a people of God have to understand what God calls us to do with our finances. And one of them is, is to support the kingdom and where he wants to go. And I just want to read this to you just to give you some, some perspective. If every Christian, every believer tied, tied 10%, there would be a hundred, an additional $165 billion to distribute. $165 billion, okay? The global impact would be phenomenal. This would be the global impact. And this was done from a survey it says 25 billion of it could relieve global hunger, starvation, and deaths, and preventable diseases. So no longer would there be hunger, starvation, uh, or, or preventable de diseases that would take, take people out. 12, 12 billion of it would eliminate literacy, illiteracy in the world. Now we're talking about in the world. So everyone in the world would be able to read and understand and have education. 15 billion could solve the water and uh, sanitation problems. 1 billion could fund overseas missions and we would still have between 100 and 110 billion left over. So think about this. I mean, those are big numbers to think about, but think about this. The wealth transfer, we're, we're looking for the wealth of the wicked to come into the righteous, right? And, you know, I don't have a problem with that. That's what the word says. And that is occurring too. But we're also looking for the righteous to steward their wealth. So that we are the ones who impact the world. Because this survey right here is talking about just believers. Just believers could transform our whole world. No hunger. No illiteracy. No water problems. Just the believers. Now that's something alone just to pray into. So when we think about the harvest, we also have to think about stewarding or discipling the people that come in to the kingdom on money. Because money is always a challenging thing. And it, of course, we understand that where our heart is, is where our money goes. That's what Jesus said. You know, where your heart is, that your treasure will be there also. So I want to look at a scripture and uh, we're going to talk about a few other things, but we're going to go to um, Matthew 25, verse 14. And I want to talk about the talents. 
And actually, when this is funny, you know, you guys, we all talk about God talking to us and all that. So I have actually been working on this for a couple of weeks, just reading stuff and praying. And I heard a couple of prophetic words and all this kind of stuff. And so when I started preparing my message this week and uh, the Lord says, don't forget the talents. I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> I've read that before a few times, quite a bit of times. Are you sure we want to go with that? We all know that story. And he's like, catch up catch up so I'm like okay so as soon as I read it I'm like well, just show me show me what's important here Lord and this is going to be the thing whether it's not the main thing for everybody but I just want to show you what he, he was telling me so Matthew 25 verse 14 I mean do you ever feel like God's giving you a scripture and you're like huh yeah give me another one <laughs> he's like but I want you to have that one you're like okay Okay, we're going to read about the talents. So uh, verse 14, it says, For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. So we're talking about the kingdom of heaven, right? And the one thing that kind of stood out in this verse for me is this is a parable for us to learn from, right? So we are not servants, we are children of the Most High God. We are part of the family business. You know, we operate, we are owners and operators of the kingdom business on earth as it is in heaven. So when we think about this parable, you know, sometimes it's a little bit, um, sometimes it's a little bit harder to apply because we've got a wealthy man who's pulled his servants together and he's giving them a portion to take care of. But when we understand that we have the God that owns everything, who has given his children a piece of the family business to steward for him, then it puts it in a whole different perspective. Because that's what we are. We're, we're part of the ownership of the kingdom business on earth. So each one of us carry a piece of it. Verse 2. And to one, he gave five talents to another two and to another one to each according to their own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. So they, the uh, wealthy man left him and he went on a journey. Now think about this. He didn't call his, any random three servants in. He called the three in that actually had the ability to take care of the talents that he was about to give them. They had the ability. The word ability there means dudamus. It means dudamus. They have the ability. They have the power. When we think about financial skill, many times we think about the technical side of it. But we have to realize we've got the dudamus side of it, too. We have the Holy Spirit that lives in us that gives us the ability and the skill to handle what God has put into our hands. So these these men and they were men, they actually had the skill to do what they were given to do. Verse 16. Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received the two gained two uh, more also. But he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. So 
the, we're going to focus in on the one who had one talent. The one who had one talent had the ability to take care of it because it says in the word he did. But he didn't have the emotional ability to take care of it. Because, and we'll read on, but it says that he was so afraid of the one who gave him their talent that he hid it instead of investing it. And even the, the uh, wealthy man said, well, you could have at least put it in the bank for interest. You would have lost nothing. But because of his emotional state, he was unable to use the ability that God had given him to take care of the talent. And I did look up that the talents were, they were eight, uh, eight bags total and a thousand gold coins each. Can you imagine carrying that around? I got to trade this around. <laughs> I don't have some weight on it. But I, I want us to think about what I just said and what the word says. Siri found something else about it, you know, just so you know. But I want us to really think about what this, what this parable is teaching us. Because what it's teaching us is that God has equipped us. But there is an emotional, whether it's uh, a soul issue, a mind issue, the way we've been trained. There are things that have to be looked at in order to prepare us for increase. Uh, when I was growing up, my dad was a CPA. He was like a genius, like off the charts genius. And um, he worked for Lockheed. He was one of the controllers or, you know, one of that in the county. It's brilliant, brilliant. And uh, my mom came from a very impoverished, you know, area, et cetera, et cetera. So my dad, you know, he made good money, uh, but he was bipolar. So there were times we had abundance and there were times I would come home and the power was turned off. And it wasn't because we didn't have money. It was because there was not stewardship of the money that we had. You know, when the bonus came in, right. whoo, baby, we had shrimp and steak and we got a new car and I mean, all kinds of stuff. I mean, we just, and then, you know, then we go through the, we got to sell the car. We got to, you know, <laughs> he, he figured out how to, uh, when they would turn off the water, he'd figure out how to, he knew how to do it so he could turn it back on until they got the bill paid. You know, my mom, and I know this is terrible, but I'm just going to share with you. You know, my mom would figure out where the grocery stores banked. So she would know where we could go to buy groceries and the check wouldn't clear for seven days. And so, you know, it was a interesting childhood. And uh, I grew up and said, I will never have my power turned off. Um, I will never have to skate a check, you know, uh, to make sure I could eat, you know, which brought in other issues for me, you know, definitely brought in other issues for me. But when you think, and I'm sharing this because, uh, when you think about it, there are things that are built within us that don't align with God economics. So it causes us to have a relationship with money that is not healthy. I used to say, I would never let a man take care of me because my mom and dad got a divorce after 20 plus years. 
and my mom had to sell our house, sell all of our furniture. We moved into an apartment. Uh, and I and then yeah, I made a lot of vows that I had to break. So there was some definitely some emotional issues. That, but, you know, when you think about it, sometimes your decisions with money are in reaction to what you've experienced. And it's not always a positive reaction because, you know, I was protecting myself, not letting God protect me. You know, God is my provider. But at that time, all I could think of is I work four jobs before I'm going to have my power turned off. I'm going to have, you know, my water cut off. I'm going to try to figure out how to, you know, pay for my food or whatever it was. So sometimes those things are built in us. And we don't even realize that we don't have a healthy relationship with money because it's just what we know. And even reading and studying the principles of God, sometimes those unhealthy relationships or thought patterns or even uh, uses of money have to go through a, a process to repent of them, to break, to re reprogram our mind into what the word says about money, not necessarily what we were trained about money. Um, yeah, it's really interesting because Money should be as easy of a subject as anything else when it comes to the word of God. But uh, it provokes so many emotions because we don't understand what God has provided for us in the way of provision, of financial provision. And um, yeah, I won't go there. Has anyone felt like that, that money is their enemy? Or felt like no matter how hard you try, you just can't get ahead? I mean, we've all been there. I know Chuck and I, when we got married, we, 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 got, married, we got paid once a month, both of us. We both worked for the same company, and we got paid once a month. And after we paid all our bills, we had $25. Of course, it's been a few years ago. We had $25 to last us the whole month and talk about making hamburger stretch, talk about, <laughs> but it just worked out. You know, you've been in times where you've had a lot, you've had none, but um, it just worked out. But we ate a lot of hamburger, a lot of scrambled eggs. Those were, those were cheap back then. How's your chicken declarations going? Come on, honey. But back to the parable. So uh, let me just read a little bit more of this because I want us just to get through the whole thing. Let's go into verse 20. It says, so he had received the five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents beside them. His Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you the ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. So when we're faithful over one thing, our territory is expanded. We're able to grow. We're able to receive more. And even in the receiving, uh, Pastor Jean and I were talking about this morning, sometimes God will put you in a position where you don't have the full understanding or even fully equipped to, to get where you need to go because suddenly... 
you've gotten an influx that you might need help processing through. And that's part of what the body does. You know, we help each other, you know, get out of debt. We help each other grow in where they're going. We help each other go to the next level. And those are, that's something we're, I'm going to offer at the end. We're going to work on that. But um, so when you are a good steward of what you have, then God can trust you with more. So if we're going to be, be, be given a position to handle the influx of kingdom finances that are being released in this hour, then we have to make, the, make sure the health of our own finances will not interfere with that assignment. So we might need more training. We might need training at the very basic level, you know, like a, a Dave Ramsey. They have a very basic level. How many of you have taken a Dave Ramsey class? Chuck's taught it a hundred times. And, um, but, you know, I think you guys have too, haven't you? But, you know, the very basic level that help you take a look at your finances and get them in order. And then once you kind of get the program worked out where you can stay on a budget, work on your savings account, work on your emergency funds, all those different things, then God's going to want you to increase your capacity so that you can take in more in order to further the kingdom and what he has. There's a couple that's going to come uh, February 19th, Nathan, and uh, I can't come up with her name right now, Nathan, uh, but they are a young couple. I think they're early 30s. They have two little children, one and three, and they are missionaries to Zambia. And they're going to share about how they live there and help the people of Zambia take what they have, what's indigenous to their area and agriculturally expand so that they can not only take care of their family and their village, but also take care of what's outside their boundaries. And they've been uh, seeing people come to Christ. They've been raising up pastors, all these different things. But what's interesting about that is they've stewarded this so well that I've been to Zambia. It's a, it's a beautiful country, but this capital of Zambia invited them to come up there and start helping them learn how to do this multiplication and how to be able to create wealth for their community. And, you know, Zambia has tribes and villages and, and chiefs and all that kind of stuff. They, in this past fall, and they'll share in detail of this, but this past fall, they had a, a, a king's meeting and all the tribal chiefs came. So when we talk about being able to speak into a king, they had all the kings of Zambia come, the chiefs come and were able to speak into their lives because of their multiplication in an economic sense, opened the door for them to have a audience with the chiefs and the tribal leaders in Zambia. Now they're being invited to go to Laos to do the same thing. And all. so think about it. When we steward at a very small level, the increase comes, people are able to see the glory of God on it, and it invites us to have an audience with a greater influence. 
I mean, it's amazing what God's going to do for us. And you're going to, you may think, oh, that could never happen to me. But God's like, oh, yes, I need everybody. I need all hands on deck. I, I'm not just calling, you know, the captain of the boat. I'm calling the first mates. I'm calling the guys who work the oil machine down in the bottom. I'm calling everybody, everybody to get on it. And everybody will be shifted in the way that they can steward. So we have to prepare ourselves to receive what God is shifting our way. The other thing I want to talk about real quickly is under earning. When we are not earning enough money to live on. And uh, I believe that there is such an innovation being released on us where God is going to give us creative ways to make money. And honestly, the way the Internet is, the way the options are, you know, in the olden days, you would go get a job with a company and you'd stay with them for 40 years and you'd retire. But nowadays, there is such diversity and flexibility in making money that you can still work at your job and have other streams of income to bring to bring in the door. And I want you guys to really start praying for God to open up streams of income. And it could be something that you're already loving to do. It could be a hobby that turns into a financial blessing. It could be, uh, you know, the one thing that kept coming to my mind is uh, because there's so many books being read. I don't know who of you guys are really good English people, but people are desperate for editors to read through their manuscripts, to help them check scriptures, to uh, copy, you know, proof text things. And it's interesting. There's these little businesses that you can sign up with, like Fivers, and uh, there's a lot of uh, personal assistant or virtual assistant jobs popping up where you can say, I can do a two-hour job this week or I can do a five-hour job this week. I mean, there's so many options now. And you may not be an, an administrator. You may be more of a creative person or a cook or, you know, someone who needs meals brought to them twice a week or something like that. Or someone who could, you could make meals for people. I'm just saying, we got to take the reins off of what we think is normal and allow God to bring other opportunities into our lane that we may do for a week, we may do for a month that has some flexibility that can increase your income so you're not under-earning, you're over-earning, right? So I want you guys to really think about that. Um, yeah. I started doing uh, executive coaching. I added that to my little circle just because just for some extra income. And I've always done it. I just hadn't put a label on it and told people I did it. And so now I'm able to take on the clients I have time for and the ones I don't, I, now I know other people who do it, so I just refer them to them. So wouldn't you like to be a referral from somebody where somebody's like, oh, well, I know Gina could do that, you know? So really think about what is it I carry and how is it I could use it to monetize additional increases into my house, okay? That's a good word. I'm telling you, God's going God's gonna to put, some, it's got an anointing on it. God's going to show you what he can do, what he can do for sure. Okay, so what we're offering, let me tell you what we're offering. We're going to start doing uh, financial evaluations. 
And Chuck is, he's like a, a major financial guy. He's really got an anointing on him. It's not going to be him. There's some other of you that I haven't asked, but I'm soon going to volunteer you. But, um, but volunteer you as Karen says. But what I want you to understand is we want to help you get into a position to either get out of debt or move up to the next level to receive income. We, we have got to get prepared for this financial shift. And if we're not prepared, we won't be able to receive it. Or what we, won't, or what we do receive, we won't be able to hold on to. Uh, put that email up there, would you please, Noah? Uh, but what we're going to do is I'm going to put an email up here, and I'll send out an email to everyone and on our web church. If you are interested in going through a financial process and help being helped and advised on uh, your finances, if you need help getting out of debt, if you need some business ideas to think about, anything like that, send your name and email to that. If you're interested in helping us do that, send your name and email and say, I'll help uh, before you ask me. I'm going to volunteer. We're also looking at doing a financial workshop and possibly having an investor come in to talk through some of these things. And we are not financial advisors, so we're not going to tell you that. But we, we can help you get out of debt. We can help you get on the right track. We can help you level up. So let's just say you're out of debt. You've, you've kind of got your savings going. You've kind of got different things going. We can help you prepare for an increase of income and different ways to do that. We want to make sure that our people, our body, our web church members have the full access to all that God wants to do. So we want to do that. Like I said, we're going to do a financial workshop. We'll probably do a, have an advisor come in. Um, we use one. He's a, a strong believer and uh, we like him a lot. Not that you have to follow him or, or sign up with him, but really it's just to help spark ideas. And as we talk and as we all share in the financial workshop and all this, what will happen is, you know, Diana will have something that worked for her that will spark something that's good for Suzanne, that will spark something that's good for John. What will happen is as we come together, the ability that God has given us and the experience that we've been through will, will come out like a waterfall for all of us to gleam off of. Because all of us have good, all of us have bad experiences, all of us have something in between. But what we want to be is in the healthiest position to receive what God has for us, right? It'll be good. And I want to share one other scripture and then we're going to close. I did not give you this to, to Noah, but it's 1 Kings 10. And I'm going to share it because I've read it all week. It's actually in my notes, but I, I wasn't sure where to put it. But when we had pre-prayer this morning, Matt says, oh, I have a prayer out of first Kings 10. And I was like, that's my scripture. Give it back. No, I said, go ahead. <laughs> it's just that it, I'd read it so many times this week. I was like, I can't believe it. But I want to read just a minute out of first Kings 10. And uh, Solomon has built the temple and the queen of Sheba has come to see him. And there's two things that stood out to me about this. In 1 Kings 10 verse 1, it says, Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. So she heard Solomon was famous because of God. So I want you to receive that word. I want people to hear about your fame in the Lord. 
and come to you because you are famous. You've got the favor of God on you. We talked about this last week. You've got like a gold ring around you that everybody wants a piece of because of God. She heard of him because of the anointing of God on him. So I, I want you to grab that word and say, God, I want you to make me famous for you. Make me famous for you. Make people want me because of you. And let me be the one that opens up the door for them to make them famous for you. Right? Whew. She came to test him with hard questions. Bring them, Lord. Because I'm going to have the answers. Because Karen just read that scripture out of 2 Corinthians 2, 9. That says... That God has opened up the mysteries through the spirit to his people, to his tribe. Jesus said, ah, the mysteries have been made known to you. Everybody else is asking. They don't know. But I've unveiled them. I've revealed them to you. And you may not know when they ask, but you'll know when they get through. Because the Holy Spirit says that we don't have to worry about how to respond because he's in us and he'll give us the revelation that we need. So God, make us famous for you. Draw in the queens of Sheba to us so that we can answer the hard questions and display your glory. Okay. Woo. <laughs> I know that makes me laugh so hard. Because God sets it up where it is ridiculous for us but it's all glory to him. We're like, Ka, how do we get here? And he's like, I'm good at my job. I'm really good at my job. And I love my people. And you're mine. Okay. So she came to Jerusalem with uh, a great troop of people with camels. You know, camels, this is the year of the camel. And I'm not going to go through the whole Hebrew with that. But this is the year of camels. And camels are considered the sign of wealth. So we're just lined up with God. Huh. She bore spices, very much gold and precious stones when she came to Solomon and spoke to him that with all that was on her heart. So here is the wealthiest man in the world being showered with jewels, with gold, with precious stones. So think about that. He didn't need it. But it was an honor being brought to him because of God. Could that be a possible wealth shift for you? That people want to bless you and pour out blessings on you because of what and who you carry? So Solomon answered all our questions and there was nothing so difficult. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain to her. Say, that's me. I want you to own what God has given. There's nothing too difficult for us because we serve a God that makes the impossible possible. And when the Queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table and the seating of his servants and the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers and his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord, there was no more spirit in her. It took her breath away 
And she said, and this is what we want. We want to display this kind of excellence unto the Lord. She said, it was a true report, which I heard in my own land. The presence of God was so strong that his report went across the world. And you know that that's the way that 77 plus plus percent is going to get saved. Because the presence of the Lord is going across the world in the shape of his people. I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw with my own eyes. They're going to come and see with their own eyes. And indeed, the half was not, the half was not told me. They couldn't even describe the glory of God. Amen. Your wisdom and prosperity exceeded the fame of which I heard. Happy are your men and happy are your servants who stand continually before you and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord God who delighted in you, sitting you on the throne of Israel because the Lord has loved Israel forever that he made you king to do justice and righteousness. And then she gave and more. Let me just give you some more. <laughs> How many want more? You know, right? But it was the excellence of Solomon. You know, even when he built the temple, you know, the Ark of the Covenant, everything was covered in gold because gold was the most precious that they had. And that was the closest they could get to display anything close to the glory of God. Just, I mean, think about that. You know, we, we've got... We're building this temple to a God that cannot be contained in the temple, but has agreed to be in a temple because of who he is and because he has to live in us. So we're, we're trying to come up with tangibles that can display. He's trying to get tangibles that can display the beauty and the holiness and the glory of God in this hour. And I just know that not only... Does God have an opportunity for you? But he's going to make you the opportunity for others, right? Amen. So I want us to get our financial condition in peak top condition. So that as this transference, as all these things happen, I mean, what are we going to do with this huge building that everything, everybody keeps prophesying, God keeps showing us, you know, we have dreams about what are we going to do with it? We're going to bring people in. We're going to train them. We're going to send them to school. We're going to take care of kids. You know, we've got so much on our heart and God has said yes and amen over it. So let's get our finances together so that we can, we won't produce it all. We're going to have people that are going to send it to us so that we'll know how to steward that well. Amen. Okay. If you want, don't mind standing, I'm going to pray over us, but I want to pray a financial blessing over us. I want to pray a awareness of anything that might be inhibiting our ability to go forward in the God finances that he has for us and make sure that you uh, send us your name. We're glad to work with anybody that once worked with and we'll send out a notification about the workshop. But Father, we just thank you that you are the provider of all things. And Lord, even in this story of the talents, God, you've given us the ability so Open up our eyes to anything that might hinder it. Whether it's wrong thinking, whether it's emotional trauma, whatever it is, 
God, we're just asking you to rewrite the narrative in our mind that matches with your word. And Lord, I just want to release a financial blessing over all of us. Lord, I want to release a debt cancellation for us right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I want to release a uh, just a uh, clarity that when we read the word and it includes money, that we'll have an understanding that the spirit reveals to us. And Lord, I just want to uh, pray for jobs that are needed for additional income streams, Lord, that we will not only have that entrepreneurial spirit crank in us, but we'll have the ability to partner with you and step through the things that you're calling us to do. And Lord, we just pray against any fear that we can't do it. Any thought in our mind that passed through that says, oh, I'm not like that. There, I couldn't come up with anything. Holy Spirit, you're creative. You, you are the creator and you will give us creative ideas for this. So, Lord, we're just saying flood our dreams, flood our thoughts. Give us light bulb moments where suddenly we have an idea about how we're going to pay off our debt or how we're going to uh, advance to that next level, how we're going to take what is given to us and steward it with excellence in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.